Welcome to So Says Rick. Mostly True Stories by Rick Hall. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. We're so glad you're here with us. Now, I am not going to say we're going to do something different because we're not. We're not. We're actually returning to our original format. Our roots, as it were. A little chit-chat, a story, a little more chit-chat. Boom, boom, boom. One, two, three. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Laura and I grew up very differently, as we have told you before. Laura grew up in the Chicago suburbs. I grew up in Carrollton, Illinois, on the farm. But what Laura learned as she got to know our family better is that we are actually performers. All these farmers from downstate are performers. It's a whole family of them. It is. My sister studied voice at the U of I, and we thought for a while she was going to be a professional singer. She's a beautiful voice. She does. She ended up becoming a nurse with a great voice. (laughs) And then my brother, he has sang and performed at church and at different things down in Carrollton. So he's a singing farmer. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. That's right. And my mom. Oh, my oh, mom. Yes. Oh, boy. Rick's mom. Well, I think my favorite role your mom did was her Phyllis Diller impersonation. <laughs> I never really got to see that, but she told us some of the jokes she did. I might have seen it, but I was very young. Maybe it imprinted on me in the womb, and I didn't even know. <laughs> Did you ever see her do the Cowardly Lion from The Wizard of Oz? Oh, yes. She She had a a very good Cowardly Lion. She She had had a a whole costume and everything. That whole outfit. And speaking of outfits, (laughs) how do I talk about this? My mom was supposed to do Shirley Temple singing The Good Ship Lollipop. She was at home practicing it, and my dad made the mistake of saying, well, that's not how it goes. And the next thing you know, Betty Carrico, who directs the Carrollton Community Chorus, had my dad, my big, quiet farmer dad, dressed up in a dress with petticoats and a wig, singing Good Ship Lollipop in front of huge crowds. He was a big hit. He got asked to do it a lot, actually. Well, and one of the first times my family met Rick's family. I know where you're going with this one. It was at our wedding reception down on the farm, and they decided it was a good idea for dad to come out and do the Shirley Temple then. My family was somewhat stunned. Well, they had never really met. Well, they'd met my parents. They'd met him, but barely. But they didn't really know him. And now they're like, oh, my gosh, what is Laura getting into? (laughs) And what's so funny is my family is not a family of performers. I mean, we have a few musicians, but we do not have that big, outgoing performer personality. Right. Get in front of an audience. You hand them a microphone, they get very quiet. My family turns it on. (laughs) (laughs) And my family... They know this to be true, so it won't hurt their feelings. Like singing Happy Birthday with my family is a bit scary. It's rough around the edges, to say the least. (laughs) Yes, but they've got a good spirit. Right, right. And the great thing is, I have never seen, like if you have 12 people, I have never seen 12 people sing in 12 different keys (laughs) at the same time. (laughs) So the story that Rick's going to tell this week it's his origin story oh, as a performer. Makes, that makes it sound really deep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is my origin story. So this story is how Rick got his start in showbiz. It's called Julius Caesar. Caesar. 
When it was time for our daughters to look for college, they did tons of online research, visited campuses, sent in multiple applications, and finally chose a school that was known for excellence in their field of choice and the best financial package based on their high academic scores. When it was time for me to head to college, I had no plan. My grades were mediocre, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So when Coach Marchetti from McMurray College recruited me for the wrestling team, I said yes, even though Mac was a private school that was expensive and had no athletic scholarship for me. Hey, it was 45 minutes away, and they actually wanted me. It was perfect. I didn't declare a major at first. I knew I wanted to do something related to farming because at that point in my life, farming was all I'd ever done. I was good with animals, so veterinary medicine seemed good to me. Shortly after starting at Mac, I saw a notice for auditions for a musical review at the theater. I auditioned, got cast, and did the show. And after the show closed, the head of the theater department called me into his office and told me, you should be a theater major. I laughed it off. I mean, where I come from, singing and acting in shows is something you did for fun. Nobody does it for a living. But I had the acting bug. I kept auditioning and getting cast, and by my sophomore year, I declared theater as my major. My parents were thrilled because they knew if I became a veterinarian, I would never have the security of knowing where my next paycheck was coming from. Actually, they were very supportive. My mom was kind of excited about the idea. She had always encouraged me to sing and perform when I was younger, but it was my dad that sealed the deal when he said, well... You were always good at that stuff. Looking back, I should have seen this career choice coming. When I was in fourth grade, I sang I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus at the grade school Christmas concert. I did a good job, even though I didn't completely understand the lyrics. You see, at that point, I still believed in Santa Claus. So when I sang, Oh, what a laugh it would have been if Daddy had only seen Mommy kissing Santa Claus last night. I remember thinking, what would be funny about my dad kicking Santa's butt? Because if he caught Santa kissing Mom, he'd surely at least punch him in the nose. And then Santa would never come back to our house. Oh, but I sold that song anyway. Well, my mom saw my potential and signed me up for singing lessons with a local music teacher, Betty Carrico. And after a few months of private lessons, Betty started prepping all of her students for the spring recital. Somehow, Betty thought that the right song for a short, pudgy 10-year-old farm boy would be Frank Sinatra's My Way. And without a hint of irony, I sang... I've lived a life that's full. I traveled each and every highway. Seriously, at that point in my life, I had barely traveled any roads outside of Greene County, and most of them were gravel. The closest highway was Route 108, and we called it the hard road. But I committed to the drama of the song until the very last line. I took a deep breath and spread my arms to sing, I did it my way. But just as I did, my mom stood up on the front row with her Kodak Instamatic, and without hesitation I sang, I did it mom's way. Mom got so excited she didn't get the shot. It was in fifth grade when my destiny to be an actor was sealed. Mrs. Rhodes gave me the lead role in the play Julius Caesar. Okay, I don't know where I got this idea, but I assumed that if I was Julius Caesar in the play called Julius Caesar, 
then I would have the first and last line in the script. The first time I read the script, I'd turn to the last page. Not only did I not have the last line, but Octavius and Mark Anthony were talking about me in the past tense. My heart dropped. I started paging backward toward the front of the play. I was stunned to see that I bite the bullet a lot earlier, and there wasn't even a dramatic death monologue. I just look at Brutus and say, you too, and die. I was crushed. When I complained to Mrs. Rhodes, she told me how important my death was and that the whole play is about my character, but I wasn't buying it. Although even back then, I knew the show must go on, so I was ready to do the performance. It was an abbreviated version of the play, with only one performance which was scheduled as the entertainment after the PTA meeting. The meeting was in the gym because that's where the stage was. So we all waited backstage surrounded by sports equipment until the business part of the meeting was done. When the curtain opened, the audience of proud parents and faculty were amazed by the authentic costumes our moms had created for us, consisting of bedsheets thrown over one shoulder, bathrobes, and Bill Cook, who was Brutus, was wearing his sister's nightgown. At least he told us it was his sister's nightgown, but it fit him remarkably well. On our feet, we all wore sandals. Well, some kids had actual sandals, but we didn't have any at our house, so whenever Julius Caesar made a dramatic walk across the stage, the slapping sound of my flip-flops could be heard above the dialogue. When my death scene came, I was determined to make it the most dramatic thing anyone in Carrollton, Illinois had ever witnessed. One by one, the Roman Senate members stabbed me until it was Brutus's turn. Bill Cook took the rubber knife and shivved me right between the ribs. Instead of saying my line, I did what anyone would do who just got stabbed between the ribs. I let out a dramatic gasp, followed by groaning and moaning sounds. I knew it was really tragic, and it would be terrifying. I assumed the PTA crowd would start crying, but they started to laugh. I liked the laughter. I dropped to my knees and said, "'Oh, boy, that hurt!' Ah. There was a roar of laughter. It was like a drug, and I was addicted. I looked at Bill and desperately grabbed at his nighty, and I said my line, except I added my own interpretation. Oh, wow. I kind of expected it from all these guys, but you're my buddy. You too, Brutus? I mean, the Shakespeare guy wasn't bad with the drama, but his comedy chops seemed a bit rusty to me. I decided to punch up the script a bit. Instead of falling on the floor dead, I coughed and made a variety of gurgling, guttural sounds. I hit the floor and started flopping around like, like one of the Three Stooges after getting hit in the head with a two-by-four. I was giving the crowd what they wanted. This went on and on. I wasn't about to stop while the crowd was asking for more. They were laughing. The rest of the cast just stared, as they should. This was Julius Caesar's moment. The play isn't called Brutus or Cassius or Mark Anthony. It was Julius Caesar, for crying out loud. As far as I was concerned, when my character died, they should say, The End, and the PTA members and family should head over to the dessert table. Finally, I gave up the ghost and fell on my back with one leg pointed straight up. I lowered it slowly to the ground as I let out my final breath. Uh, 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 uh,
The PTA crowd cheered my performance. My mom was so proud. My dad headed for the car. I've been a professional actor, writer, and improviser for almost 40 years now, and with all those years of experience under my belt, I look back on that performance and just shake my head. I mean, how could I have missed the out? The whole thing needed to be tied up with a bow. In the stunned silence after my character died, I should have jumped up, faced the audience, and sang, I did it my way. Well, knowing you as well as I do, Rick, this story doesn't surprise me in the least. It's just a snapshot of your life right now that things like this happen all the time. Although, when I was younger, I was really cute at it. (laughs) (laughs) You're still cute at it now. Thank you. Okay, I do have to ask, though, I know it's the show So Says Rick, and you have some latitude, but how much of it was really true? I would say 99%. It, that's the way I remember well, it. Well, yeah, as you remembered it in your... Well, that's true. I, you know what? If there's another version of it, Bill Cook can get his own show <laughs> and do it. Oh, I will say this. I will say this. I'm not quite sure Bill Cook was wearing a nighty, but the wardrobe choices were really varied and really homemade. So, so it might have been. That's right. That's right. You know, it's funny, though... I guess maybe this is a foreshadowing, this story is a foreshadowing that what I would do later in life, professionally, in the last few years, I have done a musical comedy version of Romeo and Juliet and King Lear that my friends Phil Swan and Ron West wrote. So Yes, see, this was just a precursor. I was ahead of my time. There you go. That's me, baby. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope you have a great week. Well, and I think it's only appropriate that I would close this with the words of Frank Sinatra. Oh, you uh, no, Really? No. Okay. <laughs> Did it my way. There you go. All I right. See you next time. Bye. Bye.